So why don't we pray? Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here this morning. Thank you that you, your love for us is so expansive and so wide. And we commit this morning to you. Would you speak to us clearly this morning? We open up our hearts, we open up our minds to you this morning. And would you come with your spirit? Would you convict us where we need to be convicted? Would you challenge us? Would you refresh us? In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, we're starting this year looking a little bit at what some of the hallmarks of this church and some of the things that we want to go for in 2015. And if you haven't uh, listened to all the sermons this year, just as a sign note, they are on the website. So if you ever want to download the sermons, we do record them. They are on the website. They're also on iTunes, I think, as well. So um, one of the things that we're passionate about... It's, a, it's weird kind of having this round here as well, isn't it? I need to swing round. Um, is healthy relationships. And that's, whether that's marriages, whether that's friendships, whether that's neighbours, colleagues, we were, we were created for community. And we're wired for relationships. We're made to go through this life together. And we're made to go through life with, with other people. We're made for con connection. We're made for love. And how we do this is really important. And Jesus thinks that it's really important too. I've just realised we need somebody on the laptop. Sorry, Abby. Thanks, Abby. Every week, Abby does all the work. All the work. <laughs> so Jesus thinks it's really important. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses just to start with. So he says in John 13, he says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So he says that the way the world is really going to know that he is who he says he is, and that the Father really sent him, is the way that we love each other. So if Jesus thinks that's pretty important, I guess we better as well. Um, I also want to read this passage from 1 Corinthians 13. Now, this is often the one that's read at weddings. You're kind of like, oh, this is the love chapter. But it's got so many important things in this as well. So let's read uh, 1 Corinthians 13. The words will come up. But if you, do, if you need a Bible and you haven't got one, there should be one on the information test, uh, table at the back. So please take one as well on our compliments. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonour others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 
This is the word of God. It's absolutely true and it's given to us in love. So if we can live from this place of love, the world would be changed. Don't you think? If we can actually live from this place of love. And unfortunately, I don't think we're taught to love very well. We don't have classes on this in school. I don't remember ever going after maths, going to learn how to love. Um, and yet it's one of the most important skills in life. If we can really learn how to love, whether that's in our marriages, in our friendships, in our family, in our small groups, I think we can change the world. And what I'm going to talk about today is just like one tiny aspect of having healthy relationships. This, um, you don't feel like you're going to come away from this having relationships totally nailed and uh, you, you know, you've got the be all and end all to, to healthy relationships. This is just one little part of having healthy relationships. So right from, right from the beginning of time, God designed us to be in relationship. He says right at the beginning of Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. Apparently one of the, I think it's one of the top five regrets of people on their deathbed is that actually they haven't invested as much time as they wanted to in their relationships. Top five regrets. I'm sure it's probably not, oh, I wish I'd worked a bit more. Or, or I should have watched a few more Netflix. Or... Netflix is getting a bit of a battery um, But it's also, it's one of our, um, I guess it's where we have our greatest capacity to be hurt, isn't it, in relationships. I think if um, probably some of the most painful times of my life, they've been because of broken relationships, where that connection between people have been broken. So if, if healthy relationships are our goal and we want to be powerful people that choose each other and affect the world around us instead of being infected by it, then there's this really important question that I want to ask today. So are we trying to create a safe connection or are we trying to create a safe distance? So what's the goal in our relationships? Is it a safe connection or a safe distance? And um, whether we realise it or not, we're often trying to create a safe distance. So something that we're comfortable with. In, in this relationship, I'm uncomfortable with you just being at arm's length, no closer. And often we, we kind of build these coping mechanisms around ourselves to protect ourselves, don't we? Maybe it's the fear of being rejected, the fear of really being known looking a bit stupid, like maybe I, I'm going to realise that people will think that I don't know as much as I think I do. And we start putting these coping mechanisms around ourselves to protect ourselves from other people. The goal is distance. That's often what happens. So in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, Okay, it says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-discipline. And that's the spirit that we've been given. Power, love, self-discipline. We were created to be powerful, to make powerful choices and to choose to love instead of choosing fear or anxiety. And this is the, this is the real conflict, I think, that lies at the centre of every relationship. Every relationship struggle, every 
this, this kind of spiritual battle, and it's a heart battle. And it's between two of the most powerful forces that drive human beings, fear and love. It's a battle between fear and love. And I think, I think these two things are at the, at the cause, at the, the heart of every relationship struggle, fear and love. And this is, this is not a new battle. This is not a new concept in, in 2017. This has been going on throughout history. This goes all the way back. I've, um, I, I try and uh, work through the Bible in a year, every year, and again, we're, we're back to the beginning this year. I use a, uh, an app called Daily Audio Bible. Dark calm. And, uh, <laughs> it is American. Um, but it's brilliant. And uh, he, he leads us through the Bible, a uh, bit of the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, and some Proverbs. And so we're going, I think we've just hit Exodus, actually, at the moment. So all throughout Genesis, this happens, where this battle between fear and love is going on. So... I'm not going to go through all the backstories, but take Abraham and, and Sarah. They, they were married, but, uh, and, and Abraham, he really loved his wife, but they kept getting into these sticky situations, and Abraham, he was afraid. He was afraid, and so his fear motivated him to do things like telling the people in power that she was actually his sister and not his wife. Just, like, bizarre things where he really loved her, but out of fear... He chose to lie and tell the people in power um, things that were just crazy because he was afraid and it was fear that motivated him. And then uh, Jacob and Esau, they were twins and Jacob um, stole his brother's birthright. And uh, they, Esau was so mad at him, he was going to kill him and Jacob was afraid so he ran. He ran away. And he leaves them and separates. And these, these were brothers. These were brothers that loved each other. They grew up together. They were twins. They were really close. And yet the fear that Jacob had of Esau killing him was probably real. But he ran. And then you see the story years and years later. And Jacob and his family are coming back to Esau. And he's, he's scared. He's really scared. And he's just like, all I can do is beg for mercy. And Esau, at that point, he chose love. He didn't choose fear. So he welcomed him back in with hugs and forgiveness and love. And he chose love at that point. And so this battle between fear and love, it's all the way through the Bible. It's Peter's denial of Jesus. So Peter loved Jesus. You see it, don't you? He was a very kind of impetuous guy. He loved Jesus. But he was afraid, just like anyone else. And they were just about to crucify Jesus one that they'd kind of like they'd hedged all their bets on they'd put they'd gone all in just like we're we're right behind you jesus but jesus is just about to die and peter runs and everyone around him is like well peter when when you with that guy when you with that guy like, no 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 not me like you sound a bit like him you've got that galilean accent going on when you with him no, no, no. And fear caused him to, look, to deny Jesus. The one who just moments before, he'd said, I'm going to fight for you, I'm going to live with you, I'm going to be with you to the death. And moments later, he says, I don't know you, I can't be associated with you, I'm not with that guy. And why was that? Because he was afraid. 
And it's this battle between fear and love. And this has gone on throughout history. And that's why John makes such a point of it. In, in 1 John 4... Abby. Sorry. So he says in 1 John 4, he says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So there's no fear in love. Not, not just even a little bit. There's no fear in love. And that's tough, I think, because I think we like to mix it in a little bit. We might like to have a little bit of fear in with our love. So this is, it's hard, because I think often we're scared. We're scared of people that we love the most. They have the greatest capacity to hurt us. So there, there are certain ways that we respond to fear, and ways that throughout the centuries we've responded to fear. Um, fear kind of, it presents itself, and I have to make a choice. I, I might have to distance myself. I can't keep loving, because actually that's too dangerous. It's too risky. So I might have to back off. And human beings, they, they, they typically develop three classic characteristics of the threat of pain. I don't know what they are. Fight, flight, or freeze. I don't know whether you've experienced them as you've been threatened with, with pain. I'm going to fight, I'm going to run, I'm going to freeze up and paralyse. But all of these reactions, they've all got the same goal, and that goal is distance. They all make you distant from that person. We want to get away from scary things that hurt us. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that these, re these reactions are wrong. They're not always wrong. Um, they're wired in us for our protection sometimes. So if you're confronted by a lion, for example, <laughs> you probably do need to do one of those things. Um, but what I'm talking about is the threat of pain in healthy relationships. And what I'm also not saying is that sometimes we might be in really unhealthy or abusive relationships and we need to get out. So I'm, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about pursuing healthy relationships. So our job is never to control other people. Our job is just to control ourselves. So even in the threat of great pain, even in the place we're most afraid, here's what powerful people do. They respond, and they don't, but they don't react. So powerful people, they respond to things. So threats happen, fear rises, anxiety rises in me. I'm afraid of something. And powerful people, they respond. Whereas people that operate in the spirit of fear, they react, fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, I think the, the, your natural reaction is to react to something you, you, you don't even think about. It. You just react, don't you? I'm scared, I'm afraid, there's a threat of pain, I react. Uh, it's, it's unusual to respond to something because you have to kind of learn it, you have to stop, you have to pause. But what I'm proposing is that we respond in love, that we don't react in fear because there's no fear in love. And to be honest, I think I'm a bit of a reactor. Um, I, if, I, if I'm threatened in a relationship, I tend to react and fight back verbally. 
that's what I do. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so rude, Steve. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? <laughs> but that's that's my tendency. If I if I feel threatened, if I feel like I'm being attacked, then I will tend to react verbally and fight back. And my natural reaction is to fight. If it could be you're more of a flight person, and if you're confronted by something, if you're if you're in the threat of pain, actually I'm just going to distance myself. I'm just going to withdraw. But we don't have to be people that react like this. Maybe you've done this all your life. Maybe this is what you do, or maybe it's been done to you all your life. But I want to propose that this, this people here, we are powerful people that operate with a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. So we don't react when there's a threat of fear or the threat of pain, but we respond to the threat of pain with love. We choose to move forward. We, we choose to move towards somebody, not away from somebody. And it's the hardest, it's a harder choice. But people who are powerful make tough decisions. People that are powerful say, I'm going to choose love no matter what the circumstances are around me, no matter what the threat of pain might be. I can choose to respond in love. And I, we're not slaves to our instincts. <clears throat> you might say, I can't help it, I just do it. And, I, you know, I do, I've done that. Oh, I, oh, I just couldn't help myself. I couldn't help it. just flew out of my mouth back then. But we're not a slave to our instincts. People that operate in fear and weakness, they're slaves to their instincts. Because they only react, they don't respond. But we're not. We're not slaves to our instincts. We have the power to respond with love and self-control in the middle of fear and anxiety and pain. Um, I don't know about you, but I found this worse than ever with text messages. I get quite a lot of messages every day. And a lot of them I could read one way or the other and react to. And just the other day I was in a text conversation with somebody which escalated into a bit of fear on both sides, I think, as both of us were, slight, we were slightly in reaction mode rather than in responding mode. And the other girl that was texting at the time, she actually texted me and said, I don't think this is a good idea to have this chat over text, and I popped round or call. Praise the Lord. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. And both of us were choosing to react in that instance. And the temptation after that then was just to run away and hide and withdraw. But she didn't. She chose connection. It was really good. So good. And then we were able to pop round, we were able to chat, see where we were both coming from, and choose love and choose connection again. But it's an issue with messages. It's an, I don't know whether you find this. It's an issue with text messages. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we react really quickly. And we... We don't respond, we don't pause, we don't um, choose connection. We don't necessarily know what's behind something sometimes. And we can quickly fire something back. Or not fire anything back as well, that's the other thing. You can choose to play this game of withdrawing. And, oh, actually, I'm not even going to respond to that. 
And we've got to be incredibly careful not to use... These are incredible tools of connection, what we've got. But actually, they can disconnect us very, very quickly. And we have to be very wise in how we use it. So let's get back to the question we started with. Uh, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to create a safe connection or a safe distance? Are you trying to build a skill set to control the distance between us or make powerful decisions to choose to love no matter what? I think anyone can instinctively react. Anyone can do that. But it takes a powerful person to choose to respond to love, in love, in the face of great fear or in, in anxiety. And I think we have, I have, we have this choice currently as a church. Most of us here are in fairly new relationships with each other. We didn't know each other a year ago, 18 months ago, even a month ago, even from before today. We didn't know each other. All of us generally are in a lot of relationships with each other. We haven't got a history going back years. And I think we have a choice in front of us whether we choose love or fear. And we can choose through, choose to kind of push through our fears of being known, our fears of being rejected, our fears of looking stupid, our fears of kind of exposing what's really going on. Maybe our fears of being hurt by church. Maybe our fears of um, if people really knew me, would they still love me? We can choose at this stage, as a body of, body of believers, are we going to choose love or are we going to choose fear? I, I just, I'm passionate that this church should be a church that's characterised by love and not by fear. By powerful people making powerful choices to pursue love and not react in fear. So choosing to love, I think it's the most powerful choice I'll ever make. It's not the easiest, and there will be things that scare you about the other person that you're trying to connect with. Fear will rise. The threat of pain is going to present itself. And the question is, are you going to react? Are you going to be a slave to your instincts and just react and control the distance? Or are you wanting to operate in a spirit of power and respond in love? Knowing that you can only control yourself. You can't control anybody else. Your responsibility is to control yourself. And back in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, again, we see how we can respond in love, not fear. So again, just, just read this and like, sort of almost let this wash over you again. This is what love looks like. This is what, if we can really grasp this, this, this is, uh, I know people say in the past, you can put your name instead of love. So Viv is patient, Viv is kind. Like that's really, that's, that's quite a high calling, isn't it? So let's just read this again. Love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonour others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And that's how, that's, I guess, the starting point is that's how God loves us. That's the starting point. This is how God loves us. Incredible love for us. And then we get the choice to respond this way as well. And I'd love it if we were able to pause, instead of reacting, pause and respond in these ways rather than reacting in fear. So do you want to win the battle between fear and love in your relationships? One of you. So you can start by asking yourself these three questions. Just in any relationship, at any point, just start reminding yourself of these three questions. First one, happy, is what's my goal here? What's the goal? Is it connection or is it distance? Just in anything, any, any time that comes up, whether this is at work, whether this is with your neighbours, with your people sitting next to you, whether it's with your husband, with your children, what is my goal? Is it connection or is it distance? And am I reacting or responding? Just learn to kind of just pause. Just take a breath before you send that text message, before you um, just fly off the handle on something, before you open your mouth. Speaking to myself. Am I reacting or, or am I responding? And then the third one, am I, re, am I responding in love? Remembering that 1 Corinthians 13 passage. Love, kind, patience. Am I responding in love or am I reacting out of fear? And the answers to these questions, they're, they're among the most powerful choices you can make. And they'll require more of you than anything you've probably done before. But the person you'll become and the relationships that you'll be capable of experiencing as a result are absolutely worth the investment. I know people that I've chosen to, to go towards, even when it's scary, pursue that connection. They're some of the most rewarding relationships I've ever had, where I've chosen to be vulnerable. I've chosen to expose my heart, as it were. That's where you get the rewards. And that's, where, well, that's what Jesus, his prayer for the church is. So that the world would know that we're his disciples. That's the whole point. So as a church, guys, as individuals, let's choose connection, not distance. And let's choose love and not fear. Well, let's stand. Why don't you, you just put your hand on your heart and let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the way that you love us and the way you created us. Thank you that you've created us to be connected to each other. Thank you you've created us to be strong in the face of adversity. To be powerful even when there's a high threat of pain. Thank you, you created us to make strong decisions even when we're afraid.
And Father, would you give us courage? Would you give us courage to love each other well? To be committed to connection, not to distance. And to realise that it's, it's a choice that we make. And in all these things, in making these choices and in choosing to love each other well, that people would bow down to you as the one true God because of the way they see us loving each other. Teach us, teach us, Father, how to really love. Teach us how to do this. And would you heal us, God? Would you heal us from our unhealthy ways of connecting with people? Would you forgive us for choosing fear? Father, our, our hearts cry for this place, for each other, for this city, for our neighbourhoods, for our communities, for our marriages, for our families. Our cry is that we love each other well, so that the world would know that you are who you say you are, and that the Father really sent you. And would you bring us into a place of great power and great love? I want to invite, uh, this is not a magic place down the front, but it's a place where you can, um, you can take a step out of your comfort zone, choose connection, not distance. But uh, if, if, there are, if there are tricky relationships that you have maybe at work or with family members or where what you actually want to do is to run, and you want to change that today. You want to actually think, no, I'm actually going to pursue this relationship out of love. I'm going to choose to go towards rather than going away. If there's, if there's relationships like that that you want to do business with, as it were. Say sorry to God for and choose again. Come, come down the front and we'll pray for you. Or if, there's, um, if you want to connect with, with God, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, this is a time... You guys, can, you guys can get to experience the love of God in a new way this morning. If you want to do that, come down the front as well. And if you have any pain in your body, any sickness, we'd love to pray for you. We believe in a God who loves us so much and he wants us well. So if you have any pain or sickness in your body as well, come down the front and we'll pray for you. And if you can't quite do that, grab somebody around you that looks sane and get them to pray for you. We're just going to spend a bit more time in worship. <clears throat>